Hey, and welcome back to the Land Party podcast. Today, we've got a social media and glass blowing superstar, Mayan. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself, so go for it. Awesome. Well, my name is Mayan Gordon, and I've been a glass blower for the, fa- for the past five years. I've been an entrepreneur for the past 10 years. And just really recently in the past six months, I've blown up on TikTok and have more than 1.7 million followers. And so that's kind of why I've been brought into this conversation and we're going to discuss some esports. Exactly. It's going to be amazing. Um, so Maya knows is massive on TikTok. Um, I think you, you're you definitely over 1.8 million now, I think, last time I checked. Not not quite. Almost there. Almost, almost there. there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's an, an amazing amount. And that's just one of your accounts, isn't it? I think you've got a couple. Yeah, and- yeah. So I started up a second one um, that is really all desserts and like food uh, posts. Mm. And that one's close to I think 350,000 now as well so that is incredible um so I mean do you want to kind of uh, break down or kind of what you think the the opportunity of TikTok is right now I think that'd be a good starting place yeah so in general I think the opportunity is that the platform is really pushing out content organically to where you don't have to have any followers starting out to really have your content be seen by millions of people. Um, and no other platforms really offered that, to my knowledge, even in when they were first growing, to be able to ha- have millions of people see your stuff um, really right from day one is the huge opportunity. Um, with esports, I think it's a really great opportunity for um, players and teams um, and other businesses to kind of build their brand, really kind of get some loyal core followers that they could then you know, take to any platform, let's say. Yeah, exactly. Especially within esports, I think it's one of those industries where there's not, there's no kind of barriers to creating each individual player's personal brands. Um, mm-hmm. I know there, you know, you've got some breakaway stars in soccer or whatever, like Cristiano Ronaldo and tennis mm-hmm. have quite a few stars, but in esports, you almost start as a streamer. And then you go to getting in a team first. So that's, it kind of links that opportunity up. Yeah, it's kind of almost like um, the music industry a little bit Mm. and where you have all these independent artists would be kind of like the players. Um, And then you have labels, which are kind of like the teams. Um, And you got to get something going as, yeah, like a player first um, to really kind of get onto a team. But there's, like you said, unlimited possibilities with, these individuals being able to build out their brand or build just any type of audience. Um, mm-hmm. If you can get people to be watching you um, in esports, that's the entire point of it is to, you know, build up uh, an audience and a following who's going to want to watch you while you're gaming. So yeah. I think the potential there is huge. It's amazing. And why, what do you think would be say the best kind of content for gamers to produce? Is there a, a better type than another? That's a good question. Um, at this point, I think it's too early to say if if one type of content is really gonna do well in that mm-hmm. that type of vertical versus other types. But there are a couple types that come to mind. So yeah. one type of content would be actual video game footage, right? Um, so a player performing a really cool move or a really yeah. difficult, you know, getting through a really difficult part of a level of, yeah. of a game. Um, I think that would be really enjoyable 
not just for people who are familiar with the game and kind of can appreciate the the difficulty of and the skill set behind that, but you know, for someone like me who I'm not into any of the games really heavy, I still think it's really cool to see an awesome move. I can still recognize, yeah. oh wow, that was that was really good. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I've even seen a couple, not on TikTok yet, but I've seen a couple on Instagram because um, I have been doing a little bit of back behind the scenes nice. research into this, um, where you know, a car like in a racing game will bounce off like crazy things that it's not supposed to bounce off of. And, you know, that's, that's enjoyable because yeah. I know a car's supposed to be on the road and when it's flying <laughs> through the air, that's pretty fun. <laughs> um, but the other type of content I think would be really like behind the scenes style content. Okay. So um, stuff that shows, you know, what it's like to be a gamer, um, you know, maybe what they're like, uh, gaming room setup looks like. I know a lot of gamers have a particular chair that they're really into. Yeah, or, like a mouse. You know, and, yeah. yeah, a mouse, the headphones, like what all their their gaming gear is. Um, I think that's a really great way to, you know, give people this, this interesting look into who you are as a gamer. Um, and then also, you know, what it's like maybe going to competitions or interacting with other gamers. I think that could be really, you know, great content as well. Yeah, so almost kind of, uh, I guess, documenting just what happens day to day um yeah absolutely it's a totally new like thing and phenomenon yeah. that people can make a career out of gaming and i think it's something we are all interested to to know more about on a visual level mm. and do you think with because with with tiktok can you you can't add links into descriptions can you no so you could post like an h mm. um you know a url um, yeah. but it's not going to be clickable. So yeah. people would have to go, you know, open up Internet Explorer and then type it in, um, which it is and... very hard to do. It's hard to remember the spelling of the URL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even if you do like a shortener one, they always come out something just strange that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the links between all the different kind of social media channels are? Because a lot of gamers, it's like we do Twitch or sometimes right. YouTube. Um, so do you think there's the link between TikTok and Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and all of these? Yeah, so I think for the, the main link is being able to leverage any attention you're getting on one platform across to another platform. And this is mm -hmm. something I do all the time um, with LinkedIn and Instagram in particular, because the crossover is more there for me in my yeah. businesses than it is with TikTok and let's say Instagram or TikTok. TikTok and LinkedIn. Um, although I do arbitrage across all three of those channels. So I'll post a video on TikTok and then I'll share that video directly from TikTok to my Instagram. Um, and so one way that that's great is I don't actually have to then do an Instagram post. Um, the posts I create for TikTok are actually really great content for Instagram on one of my accounts, which is just strictly like glass blowing videos. So it mm -hmm. lines up perfectly, um, saves me a little bit of time. Yeah. while still being able to promote on two different platforms. Um, the other thing, though, that I do is when I have a podcast like this one and it gets posted on LinkedIn, I'll then um, take that and post it on my other Instagram, which is more kind of business related. And I'll say, hey, guys, look, I just did this podcast with Steven. And I'll get a bunch yeah. of comments and kind of support from that. And again, it's just kind of me leveraging something I did on one platform off onto another platform. So if you were creating a TikTok account and you're already on Instagram or you're already on Twitch, um, you can kind of promote what's going on on your TikTok account on those channels yeah. or what's going on on your Twitch on your TikTok. So you can kind of, 
you know, leverage them against each other in a really um, creative and effective way. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like you said, it's the opportunity of TikTok is massive just to get attention. Um, yes. And then it's how do you convert that attention to something else is is entirely up to you really um, yeah exactly i think that there's so many opportunities for really how you want to convert mm. uh attention that it, it really depends on you know a person or business's goals i'd say a year from now yeah you know, where they're going to focus that attention yeah exactly so with um like world of glass for instance how how do you leverage that attention to end up with id sales what, what yeah there? so for me I have never been someone who's focused or focused strictly on sales as a source of revenue. So my focus is really on how do I increase my revenue and how do I increase my profitability? Those are the two things yeah. I care more about than selling a product. Um, so with the world of glass page, something that's been really amazing is I've started getting paid to promote other artists' music. And okay. with that, it added a revenue stream that was 100% profit, which I didn't have anything close to that before. Yeah. Everything else I was making money off of with my glass blowing had a significant, um, you know, either product cost or, um, you know, employee or time cost yeah. to it, material, yeah. Um, and with music promotion on TikTok, it's literally the click of a button, boom, you know, your, your paid is completed, so. Yeah. Um, that's really allowed me a lot of freedom in terms of my other marketing that I'm doing because before I had to be really, really focused on sales marketing. Yeah. And, you know, we all have only a limited amount of time and energy in a day. And I wasn't able to effectively um, increase my, my brand marketing posts while maintaining my sales marketing. Mm -hmm. So for me and my glass blowing business, that's literally the difference of posting a piece and saying, hey, this is for sale. Message me if you'd like to buy it. That would be very direct sales marketing. Yeah. To um, a picture of me wearing a piece out, let's say, in the forest with, you know, some cool caption about the journey of glass blowing. Yeah. Um, both of those are marketing. But only one of those is going to guarantee to produce a sale for me versus the marketing post could still produce a sale for me. Um, but that's not necessarily the point of it. Mm. And so... On, by getting revenue through TikTok, it's allowed me to focus more on this brand marketing, which I believe is going to long-term have a much bigger payout for me. Because when you're really focused on sales marketing and you're pushing sales a lot, it, it does take a little bit away from you being able to build a, a brand image that's really strong. Um, and I think that the strongest brands, right, they do zero sales marketing and it's yeah. all brand marketing of them kind of showing off their products or their services with you know, like famous people or celebrities yeah. or um, you know, having really great ads that are, are lifestyle ads more than like a product ad. Yeah, exactly. And you see, I mean, you see it all the time with kind of um, uh, like perfumes in particular. Yeah. Yeah, They never definitely. actually show the perfume. It's just, oh, you can have this amazing life. You can live in Paris. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Or even I think a great example would be yeah. alcohol, the alcohol industry. Yes. Um, they never tell you how much the alcohol costs in a commercial. Right. It's never, ever about price. It's always, they're trying to sell you a lifestyle and a yeah. brand image. Yeah. Um, so experience. I think, yeah, exactly. I think more and more um, businesses in every industry are going to start moving towards that, that form of mm -hmm. advertising. Um, and I think esports is actually poised really well to advertise for themselves in a way where they're never having to directly sell anything because it yeah. really is about, 
esports isn't about the game itself. Um, it's really yeah. about the people playing the game and the players and the interest that's around them. Yeah. At least in my Yeah, and the social aspect as well. I mean, exactly. When I when I was a kid, it was you kind of had to go knocking on people's doors to see if they're around. But now it's you just go home straight from school and you're on Fortnite or whatever, which segues really nicely into the latest Fortnite's marketing ploy. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Um, so if you don't know, which you should do if you're in esports and you're watching this, Fortnite have recently done a TikTok campaign to add a community made dance as an emote into the game. So do you want to go into some detail on, on what that yeah, is? And... Absolutely. So one thing I think that's really interesting to kind of just bring up, um, and one of the reasons I think that they're doing this besides the um, generation of interest and attention on themselves is, I don't know how many of you guys remember or are informed about the last kind of dance that they, or set of dances they incorporated into their um into their their yeah. game one of them was stolen um from uh was I the backpack kid. yeah the backpack kid. Yeah. yeah with the i forget the floss is the that floss? what it's called yeah, yeah the floss yeah. um and there was a big kind of media deal and thing about that um and they had to i think they had to settle some small amount to them you know yeah. to give them some money which isn't isn't necessarily a big deal but i think the bad press that they got around it was something that they really were trying to avoid and didn't want to deal with. Um, and by doing it in this format, they get all the dance copyrights or like, you know, it's like they own everything because people are submitting of their own free will saying, here you go. Um, yeah, here's my dance sense. moves. Please take them. Um, so I think that's really genius just in terms of them being able to generate new parts of their game. In this case, it's dancing um, mm -hmm. from, directly from their audience but without having to worry about any issues of that audience, like wanting, you know, rights or money from it. I think they're yeah. offering like $250 in value. Yeah, from I think there's some it's kind like of yeah, in-game um, stuff. Um, yeah. Just the clown. So they're, oh. they're putting, they're putting out, um, you know, this, this challenge where they're going to get tons of attention. They're going to get a ton of people involved um, with Fortnite who have actually no interest in gaming, which I think oh. is a really interesting concept that a gaming company could have an entire customer base that isn't interested in gaming at all but is interested in kind of like you said the social and the cultural aspects um that the brand is creating so i'm really interested to see how they develop that um you know i've seen fortnite products right there's a lot of kind of gear yeah. that has yeah. fortnite on it so i i definitely could see them developing into a like lifestyle brand company where they sell all sorts of um you know backpacks you know, and yeah, you know, headphones and branded gear like that yeah they've got a lot of fashion wear already um there you go uh, i guess it's how they are they going to try and sell that themselves or whether do you think it'd be better for them to maybe partner with other shops i know like disney mm -hmm. partner with primark or something in the uk and that kind of thing yeah, you know, I think that's a really great question. Um, it's hard for me to know without knowing all mm. their kind of internal workings and who their partnerships might be. But I imagine if they have um, a well enough developed kind of back end and system of employees on their end, that they're going to want to really do that internally. 
because their market is really much more global, I think, than a yeah. lot of other businesses um, that would do these kind of brand partnership deals with, let's say, Disney or, um, you know, who, whoever else, yeah. um, that they, they'll want the flexibility to kind of customize and tailor their products to different markets. Um, and I think that that's probably easier done in-house than working with, a, you know, manufacturer or something like that yeah yeah and ensuring consistency and quality yeah i I know for a fact that when you're manufacturing kind of a product and dealing with worldwide especially people don't realize how big a deal shipping is when it comes to these international large shipments um everything really has to be perfect and spot on otherwise it causes so 10 times more of a (laughs) headache than it could have gone even right so um I'm interested to see how they how they build out that entire system for themselves because they're really kind of the first, besides I'd say World of Warcraft, um, I would say it's mm. the first kind of global gaming phenomenon that I that I'm really yeah. you know certain of. I think this is the second one, and it's got um, even more of a community built around it than World of Warcraft did. Yeah, it's definitely more accessible as a game. Um, yes, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about how just how accessible it is because it's you've got a couple of games that do the exact same thing and um, there's apex right. legends pubg fortnite they're all the same game basically you like right. then you pick up guns and you shoot each other in the face um yeah. but what fortnite has done really well is not only their marketing as well but their their whole visual style that has allowed yeah. anyone from like eight ten years old to just pick it up and if parents see them playing, it's not like there's blood and gore and things. Right. Um, whereas other games, they go for the more realistic style, which mm-hmm. stops certain people getting or being allowed to even play it. So you think that the element of fantasy and making mm. it actually un- unrealistic um, allows more people to to be interested and play it. That's really yeah. interesting. I like yeah. that. I think it's, it's an interesting way to do it. Um, it just it makes it a bit more fun it i mean it looks amazing on any posters they do because they've got these yes. bright colors they can do whatever they want if they want the grass to be purple that's up to them it doesn't really matter um so it gives them again this other opportunity to really have this big visual impact on, yeah. on a lot of things um, yeah and to that to that point if you don't mind me jumping in i think that yeah. that's part of why it's going to do so well on like tiktok um yeah. and whatever other video applications kind of come out next is colors make a huge difference and vibe color and vibrancy together make a huge difference in whether or not us as human beings want to look at something and how long we want to look at it. Like all, if you notice this and pay attention, you'll notice um, that you just want to stare at certain colors longer than other colors. It's just our eyes and our brains become fascinated with certain color combos, with again, that certain vibrancy levels um, yeah. or even contrast in vibrancy can create a very like mesmerizing effect. Um, and, yeah. and Fortnite definitely has the most of that, not just from their colors, I think also from the way that the three-dimensional kind of aspect looks. You're not just seeing that, I think that camera angles really add to like this layer of, of visualization with it as well. Yeah, yeah, there's, you get a lot more, I guess the environmental sense Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, of where you are, which is, yeah, it really kind of helps immerse you within the whole Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, 
so one thing, keeping on that kind of the Fortnite train, and and particularly the dancing. That so they partnered with a uh, an influencer to kind of release this initial campaign. How do you think influencers are kind of key to launching campaigns on TikTok, or do you think you can just go for it? That's a great question. So it depends on whether or not the business or brand has a well-established account. So Mm -hmm. I think if you're a a brand new account or business on on TikTok um, and you really want to kind of make a strong impact with your first challenge, that it's almost necessary to use multiple um, influencers because you're going to have to tap into their audience and the the following that they have to want to be noticed by them. Um, versus people, even, even people who are really interested in Fortnite, um, they're, who are on TikTok, they're just not going to have as strong an incentive to make a Fortnite challenge if just Fortnite posted it versus if their favorite TikToker posted it. It's just a different kind of emotional connection, um, that most of the creators have already kind of built up with their following. I'd say I'm a little bit less on that side. So I, you know, if you were going to work with me, my impact would much more be in terms of um, number of views and amount of exposure versus depth of that kind of exposure. Because mm-hmm. I definitely think the longer you've been on TikTok and the longer you've been interacting with your following, really the more deep that loyalty is. Um, it's definitely a length of time yeah. and a repetition of how many times they've seen you and feel like they've interacted with you through the app. Um, yeah. So that's something to consider, I think, when brands are looking at influencers is how long have they been on the app? Um, you know, how often do they interact with their their audience? Um, but if a company had a really strong kind of following on their own, um, and there are a lot of companies that do have, you know, 500,000 followers or a million yeah. followers already, um, I, I don't think it'd be necessary to use influencers. I think they could really kind of start off and jump off a challenge um, or a contest on on their own page. Yeah. And with them, um, because it's, it still comes down to this, like, just user-generated content bubble, these challenges. What do, you, what do you think the difference, main difference is between, like, user-generated content on Instagram, which is a big thing, and user-generated content on TikTok? Yeah, so that's a good question. I think with Instagram, a lot of the user generated content is generally going to be pictures. Um, pictures Mm. are really easy to share. Um, they're really easy to pull up from our phone. They're really quick to take video definitely takes a lot more energy and time to create. So I think that when people create, um, you know, a user generated video that's for a challenge or for whatever reason to be a part of something on TikTok, um, that it in general indicates a lot more commitment and interest. Um, so I think a challenge going viral on TikTok is a much better thing than it going viral on Instagram, just because it doesn't mean as much on, on Instagram, in my opinion, um, <laughs> in terms of like intent to buy or intent to, to do anything that you're trying to get your customers to do with it, which is what you want in, yeah. um, you know, a challenge. So I'd say with this Fortnite challenge, right, one, they're trying to get a cool new, new dance move out of it, but really they're trying to get people to commit in action and make a, a micro commitment towards their business. If I do a dance, I'm 10 times probably more likely to buy the Fortnite game than if I've never physically done a dance from the game before. Just psychologically, yeah. that's how we work. Um, and so the more, you know, actions you can get someone to take 
towards or for your business, the easier it's going to be to sell, sell to them. Um, so I think TikTok's more effective on, on that layer. That's awesome. Um, and I just wanted to, to mention, actually, <clears throat> before I forget about it, I did look um, at the Fortnite emote dance hashtag before we came on, and it's currently mm -hmm. at 185.3 million views. So wow. it's just like, it's, it's crazy. The, yeah, the crazy um, reach you can And that's get. just, and something I've never brought up before, but popped into <laughs> my mind, that's just views that the phone is counting. That doesn't count views of when you show your phone to someone. Like the yeah. phone doesn't know how many eyes are watching, but if I think about it, one of the cool things about TikTok that makes it really different, I think, than Instagram or Facebook is I show people what's happening on my screen yes. a lot. I'm like, because you can't really explain what's happening with work. In a TikTok <laughs> yeah. video, you really have to like show someone for them to yeah. get, you know, get it. Um, and so I think that, you know, 183 million views, that could be 500 million views yeah. or even a billion views at this point of actual people who've seen this new you know the dancing or whatever it is that yeah. they're being shown. yeah exactly it's it is mad and tiktok is a very is a very shareable platform um yes. and I've, I've noticed they've made it very easy to share with other platforms as well it's you can yes. download it very easily you can i think when i try and share from my phone it just pops up like where do you want to share it instagram facebook whatever we'll yeah it's it. like share it everywhere do yeah it now <laughs> just go for it which is amazing which uh instagram doesn't have i think a lot of the time if yeah they have one it. for like i think twitter and facebook where you can share i know i can share yeah. it on my facebook page automatically but it's like yeah it's it's not great <laughs> it's not it's not amazing uh yeah is very the same if you try and share something with someone and they've not got a linkedin profile or they're not logged in it's like they have to do something before they can get to it. Um, yeah. It just pops up for you. It's amazing. Um, one thing I, I've always um, thought that's quite interesting about TikTok is the way it works when you sign up. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's very different from any other social platform, which I don't know if that's a key to its success or not. Um, but with, if you think about Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, to get anything on your feed, you have to start following people or connecting with people. Whereas TikTok, mm -hmm. as soon as you log in, it's just, here's some stuff. Here, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at stuff, um, which is really awesome. So anyone who's listened to this, who's not on TikTok yet, but is thinking about it, I would, I would just say like, spend a few days going through it and liking stuff that you like, because you will just get shown everything and it's gonna random be stuff at first yeah at first you'll be like what why am i watching this this is terrible um but eventually it will it will start to come up with the stuff you like mine's mostly games and cats now so it's, <laughs> that's it's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's the best kind of feed for me <laughs> um so that, going back into what we were saying um, so you you kind of get paid to work with uh, media partners, I guess, or musicians. How how does that work? Do they approach you, and what are the kind of conditions you go through to to working with them? Yeah. So so far, um, everyone that I've worked with has approached me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they found me through TikTok and kind of through a couple videos that have done really, really well. So yeah. when you're searching different things, they're kind of what pop up, pops up. Um, the way that the deals have been structured so far that I've worked out is they pay me up front um, for a flat fee. So it's not based on um, views. I have had two options um, that I've been offering people, although I'm restructuring things kind of as I go and grow, um, where I I charged a certain price for just a a post, no guarantees. And then I had um, a different price for if I was guaranteeing a a certain number of views. And that could be, you know, across multiple posts if the one, if the first post didn't hit hit the numbers. Um, And you know, it's been working out really well. Um, I always try and get, you know, good feedback from the people that I'm working with on, you know, whether they're getting value out of it. Obviously, if I'm getting paid, I'm getting value out of it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but so far, it's been, it's been working really well. Um, I'd say half the promotions have done, you know, about as expected. So got mm-hmm. a lot of views, but not an astronomical um, amount of views, yeah. but also not a small amount of views. And then one or two of them have gotten kind of astronomical, you know, 30 plus million views um, on a video for, you know, for their music. And that, that equates to, um, it's like between, you know, 50,000 and 100,000 hours of listening time. Um, If you add up all these little, right, 10 second clips. Um, So it's, it's a massive amount of like your music having been listened to, which I think is a really powerful thing in terms of, um, music artists, because being a music artist is really something that takes a long time to build your career on. Um, I think there's very, very few artists that make it even in, you know, five years or less. Typically it's a, you know, a decade to two decades worth of work and building up your fan base and, um, you know, putting out albums, doing tours, just growing and growing. And with TikTok, I think that these artists have the ability to make these kind of more massive leaps in, in followers and following that, really, you know, they just didn't have the opportunity with through radio. Um, You know, with radio, you'd have to pay each radio station in each different kind of, you know, locale and area around the U.S. If you just wanted U.S. coverage, let alone global coverage, wasn't wasn't really possible. And with TikTok, I mean, your song can go viral in, you know, hundreds of countries um, with zero, you know, with with zero to, you know, a thousand dollars worth of promotion. Um, So it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing and it's TikTok is basically run by the music and the sounds on there. Um, yeah. And so if you say you can, if someone pays you to get that sound to kind of kick it off, then right. it's just going to snowball from there and there's going to be more and more views and more and more people creating content around that. Yeah, the cool thing about how music is able to kind of be shared um, and can grow on on the app is that any video you're watching, there will be a kind of spinning record. It's usually right like down here in the corner of your screen. And if I like that song and I'm a create, right? Everyone who's on TikTok is technically a creator, whether or not you are creating content or not. Um, any creator can click on on that spinning record, add it to their favorites, uh, which is like a little library yeah. of you know sounds and music, and then they can make a you know a video that has that exact same sound. So it is really an encouraging platform for people to share music that they like through mm. through creation. Um, so yeah, it has happened before. There was one video. Um, or one song um, called "Shining on My Ex" that went 
really, really viral ac across the whole app. Um, and it was kind of catalyzed by a pumpkin video that I did. So before, oh, before I did the pumpkin video, when you clicked on the little record to see how many videos were posted for the track, because it, it shows you that for anyone yeah. who hasn't um, been on there. When you click on that record, it takes you to a page where it has like the original video for the sound. And then it shows you all the other videos that have ever used that sound. So you can kind of look through and see people's um, creativity and get your own yeah. ideas. Before I posted my video, I think it was at like 500, 500 videos. And then even just two, three weeks afterward, it was up to like 40, 50,000 videos that had been created no for way. this one song. Um, so it, the viral power of it is, is amazing. Yeah. For sure. And then if you're, if you're music, your music as well, then that then translates to, I don't know, listens on Spotify or listens, downloads, wherever it is. So there's a massive potential there. Um, and esports, trying to link this back to esports somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and esports is, is a really nice crossover between music, media, sports. It's this kind of like middle ground between all three of them. Um, so being able to promote your music to people who are playing games, whether they're streaming games, then that gets them to stream with your music on in the background as well. And so it just kind of spirals out into, into other things. Um, so as, so say you are a streamer and you're creating content on TikTok, how, what, what do you think your tips would be to kind of finding these, or maybe not finding the musicians, but helping get the most opportunity to work with these musicians? Yeah, absolutely. So I would kind of pick out the, the parts of your content where you really want to draw focus to music versus kind of your gaming. Because our brain, the way our brains work is we're all, only ever able to focus the most on one thing. Um, it's always going to be a hierarchy of focus. And visual and music and audio, they really compete on TikTok. Um, I think more than any other app where visual a lot of the time is going to come first. Yeah. Um, there aren't many apps, you know, that aren't music streaming apps where audio comes first. And with TikTok, there's definitely such a powerful um, contributing factor of audio that people will watch videos they have no visual interest in just to listen to like the, the track or that part of the song be completed. Yeah. Um, and I've heard this from a lot of people. They're like, when this song comes on, I always listen to it. Like, <laughs> I don't care what, what the video is. Like, I always watch the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, as a, a gamer, there's, there's different kind of ways you can incorporate music in a systematic way. So um, one way I kind of think about it, or one option would be to have like warm-up music, right? You could have like okay. a whole warm-up routine um, that isn't showing you playing any of the game is literally all like, you know, funny or, yeah, um, you know, relatable parts of you kind of getting ready to play or getting yeah. in the zone. Um, and you could have, you know, a warm up mix or some warm up music that you play every time. And that could be a great spot um, for you to kind of partner with a music artist to say, hey, I play this warm up mix. I do these warm up videos, you know, every, you know, week or every day or whatever it is, um, you know. I'd love to work out a deal where you pay me this amount to play your guys' music. Yeah. Um, so that'd be one spot. I think another spot would be, um, you know, obviously while they're, they're gaming. 
Um, and this in TikTok can be added afterwards. So even yeah, if you, even if you had one particular song on, but you, you know, no one really likes that song. It's not like <laughs> a popular trending song, but that's what you play um, to, you know, get in your zone. In the, in the TikTok app, you can pick a different sound entirely um, to put on top of that and make that sound kind of your theme sound. Even if it's not something you're super into, that can be a highly effective way to you know, build your following and to get other artists to recognize and notice you because other artists are drawn to popular music and popular artists the same way that the consumers are. And so if they see you kind of promoting music that they deem as being successful, they're going to have a bit more of an interest in working with you um, just by association. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and do you think that, because obviously with, with TikTok, you can also record your own sounds and you can put your own voiceovers on it and everything. Do you think that using the popular sounds is considerably better than creating your own sounds. What's your kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, so I have a couple of thoughts on that. One is if you're trying to get the most exposure possible, um, I do think that it's better typically to go with um, the trending sounds and kind of like the featured category. There's a couple different categories they have yeah. on their like sounds page. Um, the reason for that is in my mind, it's clear the app does more push out of trending music. When it says more people like this sound, it shows it to more people. Yeah. Um, but if you have a strategy for original sound, I think that that can be really powerful in terms of making you stand out um, and gaining a more kind of unique, loyal following that isn't going to, you know, just kind of jump ship to the next yeah. person who does trending sounds. So an example of that would be voiceover, like you talked about. So taking um, gaming clips and putting, you know, Oh, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever kind of funny yeah. voiceover. I've seen that work really well um, on TikTok. Just any type of voiceover work does really mm. well on TikTok um, and can be really unique to, you know, to your brand or, or page. Yeah. Um, other types of original music or, or sounds that do well, I think if you are a music artist or have any ambition of being you know, a music artist or dabbling in the music industry, Esports could be kind of your intro and way into that. Um, so, you know, dabble and play with your own sounds if, you, if that's something that you're interested in, because it could open up a lot of doors for you to pursue that further and kind of develop that skill set further. Yeah. Um, but, but if, like, in terms of, you know, general songs, if you're just going to be playing a song, always do it through the app because it's going to get better um, push out through it. Yeah. And better quality. Also, if yes. you try and upload your own sounds, then you can tell. Yeah, you can tell the difference. Tell. Sound -wise. Yeah, yeah, they, they kind <laughs> of knock the quality down a bit. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think like you were saying with the uh, kind of using other sounds for warm-ups or whatever, I think it also gives the opportunity for people who don't necessarily want to be streamers but want to play esports at a professional level. They can quite easily grow their TikTok account because you don't need to be funny. You don't need to have like amazing commentary on your games if you just put one of these popular sounds over you doing some amazing gameplay like we were saying earlier then you've got that opportunity to grow without having to necessarily step out of your comfort zone you're just playing the game and it's getting yeah absolutely mm. um do you think how how do you think 
hashtags are in TikTok because I'm I'm a little bit conflicted um, because there's obviously there's like there's hashtags that have billions of, of views and billions of posts around them things like FYP or for you page and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. right and do you think it's a good idea to put those on every post anyway or do you think it's better to go for more niche hashtags like you would with Instagram yeah so First, I want to say that hashtags don't play any effect in terms of views. So you're not getting any of your views from hashtags. Um, almost ever. I, I think there's maybe been one post I did where I got like two, per, a really small percent of views yeah. from hashtags. But the reason that you're not getting views from hashtags is that is not how people find videos. Mm -hmm. They find videos because the app is spitting them out at them. Yeah. They're watching them on the For You page. Um, and then if people are searching for a hashtag, it's showing them only the very top performing videos that have ever mm -hmm. existed for that hashtag. So, you know, someone will see maybe nine or 12 videos when there's a hundred million videos. Yeah. Um, so in terms of if you really want to pay attention to like hashtags or have a strategy developed around hashtags, it would definitely have to be um, something more niche that where you're basically predicting the growth of a hashtag so i could see that working out well yeah. for um, anyone where they go okay i thought of this hashtag that has maybe five thousand views for it right now but i think in four months when this event happens it's gonna blow up so an example of where that might work would be for actually four games so if you can kind of predict a game release um and, and usually yeah. you can, they usually announce like games coming out way ahead of time. Yeah. And there's always um, leaks. Always yeah. There's always leaks. leaks. Yeah, exactly. So if let's say in, you know, seven months from now, there was a new, um, you know, version of what's like a really popular game. That's not Fortnite. Um, Overwatch 2 is coming out. Overwatch maybe, 2. Okay, maybe so, this year. Who knows? But yeah. Yeah. So if you started posting content now that had hashtag, hashtag Overwatch 2. Um, mm. right now there's probably like very, very little views for that, but when the, when the game gets released, I bet you people are going to start making content with that hashtag yeah. and that's going to blow up the, um, the views on the hashtag. And if you're in first, you can definitely gain mark. Like the app doesn't value when something was posted, right. but it does value if something's been more watched and things that have been on the app longer have a higher chance of being more watched because they have more time. Yeah. Uh, and so that does give certain videos that are older an advantage, um, depending on, again, how really how the algorithms, you know, picking videos to show people. So it's, it's very dynamic. It's very hard to predict, but mm. I think that that could be a viable strategy for people. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like you were saying, TikTok doesn't really care how old a video is. It's, it really goes on this it's almost like a supply and demand system where yes like you're saying it's a good way to describe it yeah if there's a lot of people posting about uh the emote royal contest for instance mm -hmm. then your video isn't going to be shown as much because there's so much of it whereas if you're doing something like overwatch 2 when that comes out there's going to suddenly be a load of people wanting to watch overwatch 2 content mm -hmm. but there's not going to be many created out there so it just goes, have, have what we've got. And then while we're filling in the gaps. Yeah, I think you're describing actually something that's a really interesting phenomenon on the, mm. on the app, which is there's these very small but giant pockets 
of like opportunity for for videos I think like you said created by this like demand and supply yeah. um, difference so at any at any kind of peak um, moment of something being advertised on it throughout the rest of the world so like through um, you know media you know traditional media of like TVs radio whatever magazines um, so something I think of as like holidays right yeah. holidays um, tend to get advertised a month or sometimes even two months before the holiday comes up, depending on yeah. what other holidays surround it. Um, right when that holiday is peaking, there is er, the earliest part of when that holiday peaks in terms of media attention everywhere else is when there's going to be the biggest opportunity for you to post about it on TikTok because people will have their attention heightened to the level of wanting to you know consume this content this holiday content but they won't have had enough time in in general the the entire yeah. us won't have had enough time to produce the amount of content that would satiate the level of interest yeah um, so but it's a very it tends to be a very small window of time and you have to post in the window for okay. to get the push through through the app um and that's because Again, it's like you said, it's like a minute by minute that it's deciding what do I have available and what are people wanting to watch. And if your video pops in right when it goes, I don't have anything else yeah. and this video is perfect, it shows it to everyone. Um, and I think this is kind of what creates for people who've been on the app and posted and gotten like a viral video compared to the rest of their videos, you'll notice that the rate at which the views are coming in from the get go is like so much higher. Yeah. Um, and so to put that in numbers, like for me, when I post a video and it's doing average, every, you know, I'll, I can refresh kind of the, the view count and every two to three seconds, it'll go up by let's say 10 views. Yeah. Now, if I have a video that's going viral, for, again, from the very beginning, it'll be going up by hundreds, if not thousands of views every couple right. seconds. So yeah. the, the difference there can't just be off of a um you know a preliminary audience test that's how a lot of people describe yeah the tiktok algorithm working is it shows it to one audience scores it pushes it on to a second audience scores it again um and i think in general that's how it works but there's other factors layered on top of that yeah. which have to do with this kind of general demand and supply where it can know immediately this video is the video we want to show to, to this entire group of people. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, how would from immediately zero, it start going up at such a high rate? Yeah, it's, there's got to be something behind it um, yeah. where it knows. Maybe it is the hashtags. Maybe it's analyzing the actual content. Here's, yeah, here's my, here's my thought on how it okay. works. Um, is that just like many other, most of our other phone apps, um, if you didn't know this, you know, disclaimer, yeah. you're about to be upset. <laughs> but anytime you use a phone app, it's tracking data from everything else you're doing on your phone. Yeah. So I imagine that TikTok is tracking my Google searches, for example. Yeah. Um, and that it knows when I'm interested in, you know, food or going to the mall or any of those things that I've searched on Google um, through, you know, this kind of data sharing that exists with apps. And I think it's able to aggregate all of that from everyone. So at any given time, it can really have kind of a good idea of what the world is interested in, or at least segments of the world are interested yeah. in through, um, through their Google searching. 
And then um, with that, you know, information, plus coupled with its ability to read video content, like it's got AI that very clearly can read video content, um, that it can know immediately, oh, this video has tigers in it. And there were a million searches just now for tigers. So like, boom, show it to all these people who just searched tigers, even though, even if they, their consuming behavior had not ever indicated that they would be interested in tigers through the app, right? We have so many different indicators about what we're interested in besides just our watch behavior on that app that I think the app itself is kind of taking into consideration. That's interesting. That is, yeah, I am just going to go and burn my phone now, but that's fine. (laughs) 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 It knows everything. It knows everything about me. I've, I've kind of, just to come to the fact that like Google, Facebook, all these places just know my entire life. So exactly. That's what it's it is. No I'm, big like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm not yeah. whatever. Um, that's awesome. So I guess, so you're not, I mean, like we said in the beginning, you're not necessarily into esports or into the gaming world particularly. Did kind of, do you play games at all, like mobile games or anything like that? Yeah. So um, my personal experience in gaming, I was really, really into games when Game Boy had just come out. I, I got Game Boy before it was Game Boy Color. Um, yeah. I remember being so excited. I had like Mario and like one other game that I would play incessantly. Um, and then Game Boy Color came out and you got Pick the Color, uh, yes. which I think is another, another case in point on color being such a big deal in all businesses. Mm. Um, I mean, the fact that they made their console colored and you could pick a color has since then been a huge part of, of game marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to customize your controllers and your consoles is, is a huge yeah. part of it. Um, so I've always been interested in it from a design aspect, I guess. Um, I've loved, you know, the fact that you can customize controllers or even game cartridges, like when Pokemon came out with their Game Boy cartridges, it was like Pokemon Gold or Pokemon yeah. Ruby. Um, so I've, I've always loved the personalized expression that, you know, gaming allows. I think that's what a lot of people really enjoy about it. And, you know, tying mm. that into Fortnite, um, you know, you can really customize your character. You can customize the, the look of everything. Um, so I love games as self-expression, but I get a little motion sick. Like visually, a lot of the <laughs> games I can't handle just yeah. because like that, that first person movement to me, it's not something I grew up with. Um, and it, it, messes with my brain a little bit yeah 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 (laughs) Um, so that's something I think for me that's been a barrier but right now as an adult um my main experience with gaming would definitely be arcade games um you know anytime I'm traveling um and I see an arcade or sometimes like if we have some free time me and my husband will look for an arcade because it's it's really just something that's fun in a different way than anything else Um, your brain connects with video game content in a very different type of relax relaxation than like watching TV or just watching something. The participation level of it, um, is really enjoyable. Um, and I love going to video arcade games and I'll play the, you know, joystick style games and I'll play the full immersion, um, you know, where you're kind of in, in like a a console one. Those are really cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah something that's changed in terms of arcades because I've been going to them for a long time. So it used to be almost all um, console style games. And I would say like 10 years ago, they just started putting in like VR style Mm. games, you know, where like 
you're in a roller coaster, you're in this kind of really big machine that's a VR machine. And now, even when we go to like random little arcades that are, you know, it's like this arcade at at the mall or whatever, um, they all have like significantly high, highly developed, you know, like video game technology machines where it's like fully immersive or even, you know, you're putting on a VR headset and it's in an interactive like arena type thing. So I think it's amazing what is being developed in the, you know, gaming realm in terms of technology. Um, It hasn't slowed down since, since Game Boy days. They're still pushing the envelope for sure. Yeah. And it's just getting, getting crazier and crazier. Um, So do you kind of, have you played many of the, the VR titles then in, in the arcades? You know, I haven't, again, just because I know that VR, it's, gonna... it, it's a little too too immersive visually for yeah. me. Um, and if anyone who has read into VR, I've read into it a little bit, it gives everyone, like, you can only physically do it for, like, 30 minutes maximum before it affects anyone on, on kind yeah. of that, like, destabilizing mm-hmm. level. Um, so I think that's something they have to work through um, and that yeah, they probably absolutely. will figure out solutions to. But the ability to immerse yourself um, like that without having to use your imagination, mm. I think it's huge because a lot of people really do struggle visually with with their imagination. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the assist that, you know, happens from video games, I think has been one of the huge draws throughout mm. the history of video games is to exactly. kind of assist imagination. Yeah. And it's... It's a very, it's a great conduit for storytelling as well, video games, because you can, yes. most games are, if you've got a single player game, it's normally 25 to 40 hours of play time, mm-hmm. um, which is mad. It's a massive, you can tell it's such an amazing story. And so with the opportunity of VR as well, you can kind of really get into that story even more, um, which is, it's, it's an exciting time. I'm excited. Yeah, just to touch on that point of stories, um, I think that that's something, you know, anyone in esports can really take advantage of mm. is make it more than just about like the gameplay, turn everything you're kind of doing into a story. Um, yeah. So, you know, whether that's your journey from, you know, being a shitty player to a good player, or whether you have some particular goal of I want to win, you know, first yeah. at this, this contest, or I want to just become famous for, you know, well known in this game um, community. I think telling a story is an excellent way to do that. And it also reminded me, the other kind of heavy gaming experience I have was I was really, really into PC role-playing games. So um, like the, let's see if I can remember any of the names. Um, There was a whole series. It was like God of War, not God of War. Yeah, yeah, God of War is one. Um, God of War is one of them. But the, what was it called? Um, Something Empire where you're basically building like little towns and they would evolve. Uh, Age of Empires. Age of Empires. Age of Empires. Age of Empires was like the biggest thing for Mm. a couple years when I was a kid. Like it's the only game that anyone played. It was the game that everyone played. Um, And I think it did so well because it had this story to it. Like you started at the beginning of time and then throughout history got to like evolve and create your your storyline. and I think that if people are really interested to kind of develop their own gaming um, story, that looking at other, you know, gaming stories like that can be really helpful because um, it gives you great ideas and, you know, gives you an idea how to structure it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. But I think one of, one of the issues, well, one of my issues, because 
I think we're about the same age, so we, we've played the same things, is mm -hmm. a lot of games now, because they're all online and there's this social aspect, they are losing a lot of that storytelling because it's just like, well, we'll just do multiplayer. Why We don't need mm -hmm. a single player or this kind of campaign right. story thing, which is quite sad, but I think there's definitely opportunity there for people like yourself who's not necessarily wanting to play like Fortnite, but you would kind of be more interested in an actual story driven game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I definitely say that like personally, I'm much more interested in story driven games um, mm. because like for me, again, everyone gets, I think something different out of gaming. Um, some people really, really game for that social kind of connection. Yeah. For me, I, I get my social connection much more in person and through kind of the business activities that I do like this one um, to where when I'm, I'm gaming, I'm much more interested in like immersion and forgetting about everyone else. <laughs> it's all about me and the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, right. um, so I think it's really cool that gaming offers that. Like I think everyone can enjoy gaming and be a fan of gaming for many you know, different reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I guess one, one final note um before we kind of wrap it up i think would be it'd be interesting to get your thoughts we've kind of touched on it with the story driven gaming and kind of this arcade style games um is there anything that you think say content creators around gaming around esports could do to help people who don't necessarily play games at the moment get into the the world of esports like even just watching it not necessarily playing it if you wanted to watch Fortnite um, championships or whatever it is, what do you think would be a good way to get people into it? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I think there's two general ways to actually even tackle that. One would be looking at real kind of niches and groups of audiences and what would draw them specifically. Um, the other way is to look at kind of general human behavior and tap into, you know, generalize, okay, we all respond this way. Um, so like one way where you could do that would be through having some type of contest or competition. Like yeah. we love as human beings to enter things where we can win something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think having some type of um, contest where people, so like if I'm thinking about radio promotions, the way people would get um the way radios would get people to listen in is they'd have like some code word that they say okay. on the radio every yeah. hour and then you enter that on their website let's say um so i think you know gaming could definitely do something similar to that of having just contests where they have you know a free vacation they give away or like yeah. ten thousand dollars um and people just have to watch for the secret word or whatever um yeah. it is that's kind of popping up um, that would draw in a significant number of people who are just interested to, you know, win stuff. Win stuff, yeah. Um, in terms of, like, more niche and group, um, you know, things that they could do to really draw in people from different sectors, I think would, that one's a little more tricky, but I think actually yeah. could be much more effective. Um, so let's say they're trying to draw in, like, baseball fans. Um, I think that there's something that they could do where they're tapping into what people already really love about baseball. So again, I think it involves more research, um, but would yeah. probably have something to do with like generational connection. Um, okay. I think a lot of reason that people like baseball still is because maybe their dad was really into baseball or they grew up with baseball. 
Um, and so kind of tying that feature into the gaming of, hey, this is something you can pass on to your kids or, um, yeah. you know, using that same just factor in their marketing or promotion, I think could be effective as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's the baseball one's quite a good, um, good way to think of it because there's this whole uh, generational thing where you used to kind of go outside and throw, throw and catch with your dad. Yeah. So you could spin that narrative to you play Fortnite with your parents or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a good way to look at it. Um, and it's something. Which I haven't, which I haven't seen any of the companies yeah. even doing yet, showing like this parent, um, you know, child relationship that could yeah. be formed through gaming, which is huge. I think it's totally there and viable. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a hundred percent there. Um, I play a game or two with my dad which is awesome um that's cool yeah yeah it's quite cool not it's the game's not particularly interesting i know he's not gonna <laughs> watch this so it's fine um yeah. <laughs> but it's it's quite nice just to kind of chill with him and we can chat and all of that kind of stuff um, exactly wherever he is and wherever i am in the world um and i know terry cruz actually uh mm. the actor well i don't know him but i know he he wasn't into gaming but then his son got into gaming and he's kind of use that as a way to help connect more with his son so he's they built that's really cool together and they play together and it's it's a really it's a really like you say it's something that a lot of game companies don't even think about yet but they definitely should be yeah. doing something like that they definitely should and i was just as you were talking about i was thinking it's 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 something they should really push i think um yeah. in the next couple of years because if i think about kind of my how i grew up my parents um i grew up playing basketball really competitively yeah. But my parents never would practice or play with me because, like, it's hard to, it's, that's a lot of energy. Like, they didn't have energy to play competitive basketball with me after they worked yeah. all day. Um, whereas gaming, it requires so much less, like, physical energy than any sport. And so even parents who maybe would be too tired to, like, go outside yeah. and play fetch can still have the energy and enjoy like playing a video game yeah. with their kids. Yeah. That's powerful for sure. Yeah. Or parents who, you know, maybe can't play sports. They're not. Yeah. Older or like my yeah. mom has an elbow injury. She can't throw a ball anymore. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So like she, that. she wouldn't be even able to even try it, even if she had the energy. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, holding a controller, it's, it's mostly fine. Yeah. Um, or a keyboard. So, yeah, there is, there's definitely an opportunity there for publishers, streamers, whatever it is that people are doing. Um, that's awesome. So I think, I think that's, I think we've covered a lot today. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, it was this really was awesome interesting. Conversation. Yeah, I think we, it's nice to have that perspective from outside the industry as well and someone who's not a gamer. Um, and it's something I want to do a lot more as well because you've got different perspectives. Um, so I'm going to give you like 30 seconds, a minute, if there's anything you want to promote or kind of talk about, just go for it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do a little selfless uh, promotion here or self-promotion. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so any, you know, I'm going to direct this at like sports teams and, you know, esports teams or anyone in the esports space. Um, but I offer, you know, one-on-one -on -one or group consultation. So if you've got, you know, a group of people and you kind of want me to come talk to you about TikTok um, in depth or how it, you know, very specifically applies to what you guys are doing mm -hmm. or how you can utilize it, please feel free to get, get in touch with me. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm taking on new clients right now. And um, I, I always work with people's, you know, different budgets, depending on, you know, yeah. what their yeah. situation is. So get in touch with me if you have any questions. Um, LinkedIn is probably the best place to reach me. Uh, I'll spell my name real quick in case you want to find me. It's M-A-A-Y-A-N. And then last name's G-O-R-D-O-N. Um, you can also follow me on TikTok at World of Glass. And yeah, that's about it. You know, I'm posting up a bunch of new content daily. Um, and I, I'm really interested to see what happens with esports and would love for other people to get in touch with me just to even share their insights yeah. and kind of experiences in, into the, the field so far. That's awesome. And uh, Mayan is really interesting to follow on LinkedIn as well. So it's definitely at least worth a follow so you can learn a lot more about TikTok and social media. Thank you so much. That's all right. You've been doing some amazing content recently, so it's, it's really good. Um, I will put links in descriptions and wherever, wherever I can. So it should be easy for people to find you, but it's good to know that they can at least spell your name so they can find you that way as well, which is hopefully awesome. it's still tricky. Yeah. So I forgive you if you mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, well, yeah, thanks for coming on and we'll, we'll see people listening on, on the next one. Cool. Awesome. Thank you guys. Hey, thank you for listening to the Land Party podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed recording it. It's amazing talking to these incredible people. We are always looking for more people to come on. So if you're in the esports industry, just get in touch and let us know you're interested in coming on board. Also, Land Party is a project that we're working on right now. And we are currently looking for investment to make it even more of a reality, to speed the project up, to make it better than it could be with what we've got at the moment and we're also looking for developers who maybe want to come on board and work with us on creating this new technology that's going to change the face of esports so if you're interested in that let me know just drop us an email and we can start the conversation